Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Genesis chapter 1 gives us a record of the words that God used to release His faith and create the world. God used words to release His faith. We know that by faith the worlds were framed, right? By faith the worlds were framed. How did God use His faith to frame the worlds? He used His words. And as we go through the Word today, my assignment is to help us recognize the importance of being Word-governed. Say that with me. Word-governed. Word-governed. That it is possible to live in line with the Word and allow the Word to have a governing power over your life. It is also possible, not for you, but for other people, to live against the Word or live outside of the Word or live without responding to the Word and they have nothing bringing their chaos into order. The Word brings chaos into order. The Word establishes. The Word creates. And when you enter into any study of the Bible... One of the first things that is established in the study of the Bible is what some theologians refer to as the law of first mention. And it simply means that whenever a subject is first mentioned or recorded or indicated in the Word of God, that sets the precedent of how it is to be interpreted as you move on. In this law of first mention, we would see that Genesis records, it gives us the first mention of how words are used. How words are used. Ephesians 5.1 says that we are to be imitators of God as little children. Be imitators of God. Well, one of the greatest things for us to do then is to study how He did what He did, how He does what He does, and, and imitate His actions. I was watching uh, America's Funniest Home Videos and they had this little three-year-old, two-year-old, he was a toddler, maybe two, not completely using words correctly yet. And he had one of those little games of a, uh, a golf game. He had those little plastic golf sets and, and he, he took his golf club, his little plastic golf club, and he hit the ground and he went and he threw his golf club down. And then he would go pick it up again and he would come and he would, he would hit the ground with his golf club and he, you, you knew he was trying to cuss. You knew he was trying to cuss. He wasn't even able to speak yet, but that child was trying to cuss. If, if he knew how to say it, it would have come out. And you know he didn't get that from watching Bugs Bunny. He did not get that from Paw Patrol. He did not get that from Dora the Explorer. Amen. 
cartoons, kids shows, where did he learn to try to hit that golf ball and cuss when he didn't get it? He was imitating his father. <laughs> what an example, imitating what he saw. He didn't even know enough to realize what it meant. Maybe he thought that's how the game worked. <laughs> Maybe he thought that's the game. To hit the ground and just, just the expletives flow. But that's, he'd seen it. And we are supposed to look at what our father does. We're supposed to watch what he does and imitate him. Hallelujah. We want to imitate him. So here in Genesis chapter 1, let's see what did God do with words. Now in our society today, words are used, I would say, mainly for communication. Mainly for communication, to communicate with people. But that's not the first use of words that's mentioned in the Bible. The first time we see words used by God, it was not to communicate with others. It was to create. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light. And guess what happened? There was light. Now, don't let that seem elementary to you. Don't let that just pass through your thinking and you think that's basic Christianity 101. It's a fundamental. It is a, it is a basic building block, but it's one that can't be ignored. It's one that can't be swept aside as invaluable or unimportant. God said he used his words to create what he wanted and what he wanted arrived. What he wanted was because he said it was not until he said it that it came into being. But when he said it, it came into being. It was through the saying that he initiated it to come into being, that he set the course for it to be like be. It says, let there be light, King James. The original language would say, light be. This is how God talks. I, he says, I am the I am. Light be. I initiate what I want to be with my words. Hallelujah. That's the very first thing that he did. So first mention would mean when I see the use of words from that moment on, the, the greatest use of words is to create. That has not changed, but in Christ it is in its fullest capability. Because you're saved now, it will work for you better than ever, better than, than before Christ. Amen. There are still people using their words and creating wrong things in their life. But when we come into Christ, our words have a greater effectiveness because our spirit's alive. Our heart is alive with the life of God. We can use words the way He intended for words to be used, and they are to create. The second thing that God used His words for was not communication. The second thing that God used His words for were to put things in order. It says in verse 5, And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Hallelujah. So with verse 5, 
He is taking what He has created and He is putting it in its place. He is, he is organizing it. He is establishing the hows and the whys of how it will work. I, he called it. That word called means to call out loudly, to proclaim, or to give name to. To call out loudly, to proclaim, or to give name to. And then in verse 6, God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. So again, He is establishing the parameters, the boundaries, the function of how it will work in that situation. He's establishing it by His words. Hallelujah. I remember we had a, a, a gentleman one time who was standing up giving a testimony and he was talking about how God had healed him, talking about how God had brought him through a, a heart attack that uh, he had uh, suffered and uh, how that he had been applying the Word. And you knew it came right out of his heart when he said it. He opened up his mouth and it, it went through all of us in the room that day. He said, only the blessing from this day forward. I thought, he doesn't know it, but he's establishing something. He's setting, he's setting a boundary and saying, that curse not coming back into my life. Amen. That was under the curse, but I've been applying the word and I've got hold of it. He said, only the blessing from this day forward. Hallelujah. Set that. You know, God used his words to tell the tides how far they could come up. He, he set things by the words that he spoke. How he wanted it to go, how far it could go, how it was to function with his words. So we see he created out of the invisible into the visible. The things which we see were not made with things, with, with things which do appear. That's our, that's our, our verse, Hebrews 11.3, that's our verse. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God and the things which we do see were not made by things which do appear. Amen. That's a faith builder's foundation right there. Things that we see were not made with things that we see. We're not made with visible things. So everything that you see originated in an invisible place in a place where sight couldn't identify it. In the heart of God, and God spoke it out of His heart, His Spirit. God is a Spirit. God spoke words out of His Spirit that came into visibility. And you are to imitate Him. Amen. I am to imitate Him. He, he has created us in a way that we can do that same thing. We can, we can call things out of that invisible place, out of that place where it cannot be seen, we can call it into the visible location where it can be seen. Hallelujah. So the third thing that we see here in verse 6, God set things specifically. So we see that God created he established, and then he, he uh, formed the parameters with his words. Then 
Then God blessed. The next thing that he does with his words is bless man. In verse 28 of chapter 1, And God blessed them, and God said unto them. So again, the very first words that Adam and Eve heard established how they would operate. The blessing. God pronounced the blessing. Do you realize that in Numbers, uh, I think it's chapter 6, where you see the, the prayer of the high priest, the high priest blessing of the people, God wrote that prayer? God wrote that prayer and told them to pray it. Why? Because He wanted those words that originated with Him to be continually pronounced over His people. Amen. He wanted the words of the blessing to have a continual uh, pronunciation. Why? Because that's His way. He speaks it. He said, He blessed them and said, He blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, subdue the earth, Behold, I give unto you every herb-bearing seed. He, that was the pronunciation of His blessing. Hallelujah. Why? Because words have power. Words are spiritual. Words are containers. And God's words contain His creative power. Jesus said in John 6, 63, My words are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. The, the book of Genesis means the book of beginnings. If you were to say the genesis of something, you're talking about the beginning of something. In the book of Genesis, God established three systems that still govern the earth today. He established the word system that we're looking at. He established the authority system. And He established the seed system. And all three of them have their fullest work in Christ, when a person is born again, all three of those systems will work to their greatest efficiency if I will learn to work in them. Amen. If I will learn to work with the authority system, the authority that God gave to man, and they all work together. <laughs> they, it's hard to separate their workings from each other because the authority system works with the seed system and it works with the word system because the, the parable went to sow the word and the word was the, the seed that he was sowing into the ground. So they are, are systems that work together, but they have to be, um, they have to be given place and practice that we practice the word system, that we become skilled. We are created to be governed by words. Our life will... You can't exercise God's authority without a proficiency in your words. If you have loose lips, if your words... He said in the book of James that a, a man who has... Uh, tamed, has controlled his mouth, has, has gotten discipline over his tongue, that that man is a perfect man and is able to tame the whole body if he can get control over his tongue. Hallelujah. So there's a proficiency that has to be attained. 
You know, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 11. He said, if any man say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says, you've got to believe the things that you say come to pass. Well, if a person is undisciplined, not you, because I know you are disciplined in your mouth. But for those who are not disciplined in their mouth and they go around saying, I got too much month at the end of the money, too much month, and they think it's fun. They think it's fun to have too much month at the end of the money. Or they'll look at their finances and say, I never have enough. Ooh, that cost me an arm and a leg. And they're using their words, and then they'll say, I didn't mean that. My grandmother and my mother both said, that tickles me to death. And I tried for years to get them to change that. <laughs> Mama, don't say it tickles. Oh, honey, you're right. Oh, honey, she just, oh, honey, you're right. And she would agree with me. But the next time I got on the phone with her, she still had that in her mouth. That tickles me to death. And while... We know that a lot of those statements, people are making them. They don't mean it. That's not what they're intending to say. But what it's doing is it's watering down their effectiveness in faith because you can't talk and say things you don't mean and then when you need to speak words of faith, all of a sudden have a strong faith coming out of your heart. Jesus said, you've got to believe the things you say come to pass all the time, not just in prayer, not just when you're calling for a specific promise to come to pass. You've got to discipline yourself so that you know if it comes out of my mouth, it's going to affect my life because my words create. The first thing that my words are designed to do is not communicate, create. Create and establish. Create and set in motion. Create and form boundaries. Form uh, uh, functions, form uh, a, a specific design. So if God, my Father, if that's how He uses words, and Jesus, He showed a diligence and a discipline with His words, I, I dare say that Jesus never had to put His hand over His mouth and say, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Jesus, the Word made flesh. He said, this is what He said, I only say what I hear my Father say. That's what He said. I only say what I hear my Father say. In other words, I only talk in line with the Word. I only talk in line with what God has established. Amen? And so that discipline enables us to experience God's Word system working in our life so that we can imitate our Father and call things that be not as though they were until they are and establish God's will into situations instead of establishing the worst. Why is it that when, when bad things happen, that temptation on your flesh... Your flesh, my flesh does it. I know it, it has to be something that, it, that other people deal with that you just want to just talk to unbelief. Anybody else get under pressure and you just, I would feel better if I could just talk some unbelief right now. And you think 
it would make you feel better until it starts coming up in your life, until you receive the harvest of the unbelief that you spoke under that moment of pressure. So the flesh is tempted to speak against what the Word says and speak in line with what the situation says. But that's why we have to discipline ourselves. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Let's begin in verse 1. Hebrews 1.1 1, 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners in different ways spoke in the past to our fathers by the prophets has in these last days... Are we in the last days? Yes. So this is, this is applicable to us now. Has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son... In the past he spoke by the prophets, but now he's speaking to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his substance, his person, that's the word substance, the same word used in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that it says faith is the substance of things. It says Jesus is the express image of God's substance. Hallelujah. Upholding all things by the word of His power. Is that present tense? Does it say He upheld? It says He is currently upholding. This is still true today. The word of God is the reason that we have day and night. The word of God is the reason that the earth is still in orbit. The Word of God is the reason that we still have light, light be. Why? Because God is still upholding all things by the Word of His power. It did not say the power of His Word. He's upholding all things by the Word. And the Word is the container for His power. If, I were to, if it were to say the power of His Word, we, we, would, we would subconsciously... Uh, uh, move the focus. For instance, if I say, I can pick up this chair by the power in my arm. I have enough power in, in my bicep to pick up this chair. Right. If I were to say, I can move such and such with the power in my leg, then I'm identifying two different locations for my power. I've got some power in my arm and I've got other power in my leg. Correct? He said the word of his power. Identifying the word as a container for the power. The word as the origin of where the power is stored or where the power is supplied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is the word. Made flesh. We're going to see that. I don't want to get ahead. But, but recognize he, we're, not, we're, we're talking about God's word. We're talking about words that came out of the mouth of God, out of the Spirit of God, because out of the abundance of the heart, the Spirit, God speaks. Amen. I know Matthew 12, we're going to look at it, says man speaks, but how did we, how, we're created in His image, in His likeness. God speaks out of the abundance of His Spirit. He wants us to have our spirit full of His Word and speak out of our spirit. Hallelujah. 
So God spoke out of his spirit and he created. God spoke out of his spirit and he set things, he established the entire plan of redemption. God spoke it. If he wants to get something done, he talks it into existence. And he designed you to talk yourself debt free. He, I said he designed for you to talk yourself out of debt. He designed for you to talk your marriage into a place of peace. He designed for you to set the parameter over your home. Over this home, peace prevails. Over this home, we are kept in this house. We are kept of the Lord. He preserves our going in and our coming out. God is my keeper. He is my ever-present help in time of trouble. He wants you to establish some things in your life. Amen? Amen? You've got, if, if, if it's going to be established, you've got to be the one establishing it in your life. That's why Psalm 91, the prayer of protection, it begins with the establishing. I will say of the Lord. I will say of the Lord. This is what I say about the Lord in my life. Somebody else can say, well, God, he never comes through for me. He always lets me down. Well, you might say that about God in your life, but let me tell you what I say about God in my life. He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I tell you that God is faithful to a thousand generations. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant with me. He's a covenant-keeping God. That's what I say. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my God. In Him I trust. As a result, the rest of the whole chapter is the result of what He said. Because you've made the Lord your habitation. Because you've said this. Let me tell you what's going to happen because of what you just said. Why? Because he created the atmosphere of protection. He, he gave liberty to God in his life that a thousand can fall at the side and ten thousand at my right hand. God has, he has legal right to do that. Why? Because I said I trust him. I said I trust him. And if he has to keep it, even if it gets that close to me, by his standard, it's not even close. Amen? He can keep us. Hallelujah. So he upholds. Upholds. He's upholding now. He's upholding now. This word in the Weiss translation says sustaining. Sustaining, guiding, and propelling. His word is sustaining our lives. His word is guiding and propelling. That means the more word that you are giving place to and allowing to have governance in your life, the more momentum. Why? Because the word will propel us. It says in the Amplified, upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, and propelling. Hallelujah. Maintaining. The Word is maintaining our life. You know, with, with this property, we just, we just did some things that maintain our sanctuary. We, new flooring, new carpet in here, that's part of maintaining and keeping up. Well, the Word of God has the ability to come in and restore things that are worn out. 
You know, God created your lungs. Do you think He can restore them? Amen. Hallelujah. He, he created our mind. Do you think He can restore? Amen. Hallelujah. So the Word is how He does it. The Word is how He maintains the Word. So the more interaction I have with the Word, the more interaction I'm having with His maintaining power. The more interaction I'm having with the Word, the more I am uh, interacting with uh, His Word, the greater of that maintaining, sustaining, guiding, and propelling is made available to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 1. I've been trying to go there, so let's just go ahead and be there. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was... The Word. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Capital W. The Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The be- in the beginning. So from the beginning, the Word has been with God and the Word is God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, the Word. The Word is the subject. The Word made all things. All things will still respond to the Word. The Word created everything that exists in this world today. There is nothing that exists in this world today that, that the world did not create it. So... It will respond to the Word when we bring the Word in authority and we apply it to a situation. So if your physical body is under attack from a sickness, from a disease, you've got to bring the Word to it. And you've got to put the Word up against that. And you've got to let the Word have dominance and say, no, the Word governs here. And the Word has the authority to move that that which is trespassing, and your body will respond to the Word. Your body, your heart will respond to the Word. Your blood will respond to the Word. Your organs will respond. Why? Because they were created by the Word. It will respond to the Word. Hallelujah. But there's the gaining proficiency on our part. If a person is saying things they don't mean they're going to have a difficult time using the Word against something in authority. Verse 4, verse 3, All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him, the Word, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. In the Word there is life. Jesus said it in John 6, 63, My words are spirit and they are life. In the word there is life. Faith is the language to be spoken. In the word there is life. When we talk the word, we're bringing life into the situation. If you talk the problem, you are sucking life out of the situation. If you declare what you see, guess what you're going to get? More of what you see. If you call things that are as though they are, you're going to continue having things that are. But for you to change the situation, 
you're going to have to call it the way you don't see it. One of our children making decisions that we know we didn't teach her to make. We didn't train her to... to uh, and when we were training her up in the way for her to walk out her life in the Word of God, in the middle of her making the bad decisions, the, the thing that your flesh wants to do is talk about all the bad decisions that they're making. Talk about how, how dangerous their decisions are, or how, how they could ruin her life, and, 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 and you want to just call it like it is and call it the way it feels and call it. And in the middle of that, the Lord came to my husband and said, I want you to say that my daughter is following the plan of God for her life. Well, I don't see that. But I'm not saying it because it's what I see. I don't walk by what I see. I need her to have everything around her to help her make it so that when she gets ready to start wanting to make it right, she's got some supply in the house. So she got some supply in her spiritual room. And if I stock her shelves with how bad it is, then all she's going to continually reach for and find is what everybody says about how stupid my decisions are and how I'm going wrong and how I'm this and how I'm that. So... God made us change. You know, when Abraham didn't have any children, God made him call himself the father of many nations. But he wasn't to all appearances the father of many nations, but he wasn't saying it because he saw it. He was saying it because that's how you bring it into manifestation. That's how you... You, you know, I get to preach a long time because we're not going out in that. So y'all just settle back. We're going to keep on preaching so we don't get wet, right? Have mercy. So this isn't just for material needs. This isn't just calling something for a material need or, or using faith. I'm talking about eternal things here. The, one of the greatest things that we can develop our faith for are eternal things. Eternal things like our children's salvation. Eternal things like our position in Christ. Having that uh, knowledge that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And it comes by calling it. Calling yourself. I, I, he who knew no sin became sin for me so that I would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you're dealing with condemnation, if your mind is constant telling you you're a sinner and you're a failure and you're never going to make it, you need to talk. You're going to have to open your mouth. It is voice activated. For you to have the righteousness which is of faith, you're going to have to have the word. You're going to have to speak on this wise. You're going to have to say, I've been made righteous not because of any good thing I've done, but because of every obedient thing Jesus did. He became sin for me so that I would be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So I stand righteous because of the blood. I am justified by the blood. If you're not saying it, then you're not applying it. To apply it, it has to be verbalized. I said it in, in prayer meeting this morning, faith does not come by reading. Faith comes by hearing. It's voice activated. There, it is the rhema, the spoken word. You have to put it in your heart and in your mouth. You're going to get, you're, you can read it out loud and faith will come. 
But the hearing is the igniter to the faith. You know, you can have a tank full in your vehicle. And you've got to go out and you've got to be able to turn that ignition switch. And what happens is that ignition fires it. You've got to have that fire, that, that turning of the ignition. The, the speaking ignites it. You know, salvation is available for everybody. But they have to call on the name of the Lord to ignite it. It's there. Salvation is there. They're not waiting for God to save them. They're not waiting for salvation to be delivered to them. But they have to ignite it. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll say, if you believe in your heart. Let's look at Romans. Romans chapter 10. It is the place that I've been quoting when I say faith comes by hearing. So we'll look at verse 17 first just so that you can find out where it is. Amen. 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then is a way to say I've explained all of this to bring you to this point. So this verse 17 was the point of the previous 16 verses. I've said all of this to explain to you, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. The Word. There we are with words again. This is how words govern us individually. We see how the, wor the words govern the universe, how the words govern creation, how the words govern the planet. How do they govern me? I need to bring them into my life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. So let's back up and let's begin in verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Or the righteousness which is of faith would talk like this. It talks like this. Say not in your heart. So is, is faith producing a standing in me, a right standing in me that's going to change the way I talk. The righteousness which is of faith would say to you, don't talk like that. Say not in your heart. Don't, don't say that. Why? Because the righteousness, the right standing that faith is producing in me is, is allowing me access to the throne and so that I can speak directly one-on-one -on -one to God the Father and I can talk to Him about my situations and I don't want to be in front of God talking a bunch of stuff that He's going to say, what are you saying, Michelle? I remember years ago when I first had the opportunity to get around uh, uh, some people, th there were times that I just, I just left saying, I stuck my foot in my mouth. I just t rambled and I just talked and I should have been letting them talk. I, I, I just had to learn how to get in their presence and, and get them to talk. And so you don't want to get in the Father's presence and, and you're talking the problem and you're talking the doubt and you're talking the, the difficult situation. You know, we were in Malachi earlier and he said uh, that they had wearied him with their words. He said, in one place, your words are stout against me there in Malachi chapter, chapter 3, chapter 4. Another place he said, you have wearied me. He, words that weary the Lord. I don't want to be a person whose conversation 
wears him out, wearies him. You know, Jesus encountered that with his disciples sometimes. He would say, oh, you unbelieving generation. That's a foolish thing to say. Where's your faith? Right? We want to be knowledgeable in what God has already said about the subject so that when we get in conversation with him, that we're talking in line with what he's already said. And he's like, oh, you were paying attention to me. You know I said that, huh? You know I believe that way, right? Right? We want to come with that skill in His presence to, to be able to quickly move right to the answer. Amen? So the righteousness which faith is producing in us, the faith that comes by hearing, that right standing is going to help us learn what not to say. Don't say in your heart, if God would come down from heaven, if Jesus would walk into my room to heal me, I'd be healed. Don't say in your heart, if He would, if he would do this, if He would do that, if, if He would... Uh, no. The Word is nigh you. Let's continue reading. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, Or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead? But what does the righteousness which is of faith say? In other words, when your spirit is developed in the Word, your spirit's going to talk differently than you did before. What does the righteousness which is of faith say? It says, the Word is near me. I've got the Word on it. That's what the righteousness in you that the Holy Spirit is developing and strengthening you in to know I've got the Word on it. It doesn't say I need God to come do this for me. It says He's given me His Word. The Word is near me. The Word is near me. The Word is near me. And this is a divine order here in your mouth and in your heart. We would generally want to say in your heart and in your mouth, but that's not how the Scripture puts it. So let's keep it in the line, the order that the Scripture puts it, in your mouth. Because if you put it in your mouth, you can put it in your heart. And if you'll put it in your heart until there's a fullness, your heart will put it back in your mouth in a way that's more productive. Amen. You've got to put it in your mouth on purpose so that you can put it in the heart. Psalm chapter 45 verse 1 says, the tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Proverbs chapter 4 says that your heart is a tablet. So how do you get the word in your heart that use the tongue as a pen to write it in the heart? Then... When you have a fullness of it, it will come out in that abundance and it's going to come out with the creative power. It's going to come out having already been through the combustion chamber. You know, when you go to the gas tank and you go to the, to the convenience store, you fill up your gas tank. The gas in the tank itself isn't producing the speed to your car. It's got to go through the motor. 
that fuel has to go into the motor and what happens is that motor will take the fuel and it will change it through combustion. It will change it into a force that will propel your car down the road. Right? Move the tires, propel the car. The fuel in the fuel state has to go through combustion to produce the power, the ability. This is not the sword of the Spirit on the page. It's the sword of the Spirit when it's in my heart and in my mouth. This is not the sword of the Spirit yet. It has to be in my... My spirit is not working with pages. My spirit is working right here with words. So the sword of the Spirit is the rhema word, the spoken word, not the written word. The written word is the word logos. There's two different words in the original language. I take the logos, the fuel, the gasoline, I pull up to my gas pump, and I pump it into my heart until my heart has a fullness of this gas. And then when it's in my heart, my heart is the motor that takes the combustion of the Logos Word that I've been depositing and depositing and depositing, and it turns it into that creative power. That's why you can't lay this page on anybody and change their circumstance or their situation. But you can put it in your heart, bring it out of your mouth, and speak it to them, and faith will come. And words can change it, change situations, can change things. Why? Because they're not, they're not empty words. They're words filled with God's power. They will uphold things. They will sustain things. They will propel things. So one of the most important disciplines you will ever gain as a believer is to learn how to put the word in your mouth. And on purpose, purposefully speaking the word, saying what God said about you, speaking it out over your marriage, over your children, over your family. Speaking that word is speaking God's power. Speaking that word is releasing creative power. And I'm not speaking it to them, I'm speaking it over them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What does it say? The Word is near you. The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith which we preach. Now we're going to have an application of how this works. He's going to give an application that every believer can identify with because we've all been saved, right? And because we've been saved, we know how we got saved. If you confess with your mouth, notice what's first again, the mouth. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. It did not separate the speaking from the believing. It did not say, if you just believe in your heart, you'll be saved today. 
Why? Because there is an activation. There is a verbal authorization of saying, I accept Jesus as my Lord. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. And that was legal authorization. That was verbal authorization for God to be the refuge. Here, this is verbal authorization for God to be the uh, uh, Savior, for Jesus to be the Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. That verbal authorization, is that important? Is that important? I, I remember hearing a story that Brother Copeland, he said, I would, I would always ask Gloria, Gloria, it's lunchtime, let's go get something to eat, what do you want? And she would say, oh, just whatever. I'm good, whatever. I can eat whatever. And so he would say, no, really, tell me, what do you want to go to eat today? And she, uh, she would say, just whatever. Just whatever restaurant seems good to you. Well, Brother Copeland, he liked to go to the cafeteria. And she said, sure enough, he'd pull up in that cafeteria and I would roll my eyes. Oh, my God, I hate the cafeteria. And so they, they went in, and she grabbed the tray, and she slammed the tray down, kind of, you know, and she's going through, you know, with a little sigh and a little, and he said, honey, what's the matter? I hate the cafeteria. Well, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say something? There are a lot of things that people have this idea that I guess God wanted it to happen because it happened. Or I guess it, God didn't want it to happen because it didn't happen. And in actuality, they never authorized anything different. They never called for anything different. They never used the ability of God in their life to establish or create or to set a boundary in their life. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're word-governed people. We are word-governed people. Hallelujah. Word-governed people. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says that we can meditate in the Word. And that if we'll meditate in the Word, we will experience God's success. It says, The book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart out of your mouth. Out of, didn't say your mind. If you've got it in your mouth, you've got it in your mind. If you're speaking it, your mind has to stop what it's doing to think about what you're saying. Amen. Shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall mutter it, meditate therein, mutter it, Meditate is not just mental. In the Hebrew language, it means to mutter. You will meditate therein day and night. So if you can find a time that it's not day and it's not night, you can find a time that you don't have to act on this. <laughs> but if it's day or night, we need to have the Word of God in our mouth. The Word shall not depart out of your mouth. The Word shall not depart out of your mouth. So that you can observe to do. You'll be able to see it clearly when it's in your mouth. You'll be able to see a clear instruction of how to work it out, how to walk it out when it's in your mouth. 
He brings out those which are bound by chains. That was the word that I kept in my mouth to come out of debt. He brings out those which are bound by chains. Hallelujah. He brings out, I had it in my mouth, I had it in my mouth, I had it in my mouth, and I began to see how to do it. God began to show me how to do it. It didn't just fall on me like ripe cherries off a tree. Like Isaac Newton and the apples falling on his head. Oh, that's the law of gravity. No, it doesn't. You begin to meditate the word and the word begins to show you how to do. So you can observe to do. So you can observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, when you're meditating night and day, muttering it to yourself night and day, the word in your mouth night and day, then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. Why? Because the word of God's leading you. The Word of God's showing you how to minister to your children. The Word of God is showing you how to stand in faith for your family. The Word of God is showing you how to walk in love with your spouse. The Word of God is revealing to you how to have the life He designed, a prosperous, stable, peace-filled, love-filled life. Hallelujah. You will make your way prosperous and you shall have good success, it goes on to say. You shall have, I like, that's in big letters. You shall have good success. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do I do that? Do we all want good success? I do. I want good success. How do I do that? Word in my mouth night and day. Word in my mouth night and day. You're you're saying something. You might as well say what God says. Amen. Might as well be in line with what He says. Hallelujah. Father, thank You for Your Word that gives us light. Thank You for Your Word that releases Your creative power. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word that governs our life. Lord, we just release Your Word. I just want to pray right now for our families. I've had our families, our children are the family members who need to know Jesus and walk in His plan. That's who we want to target right now with our prayers. Would you just join me right now as we pray for our families? Father, we come to You with a specific request. We ask You for the peace of God that passes all understanding to guard the hearts and the mind of our family. Most importantly, those who don't know You that you would remove every mind-blinding, destructive thing that the enemy has tried to establish in their minds. Father, that you would cause the light of the good news to brilliantly shine and illuminate their path. That our children, our grandchildren, our family members would sense your leading that you would send laborers across their path to witness of your goodness and to compel them to accept Jesus as Lord Father every one of our family members who feels hopeless I ask you to be the lifter of their head Let there be a revealing of your plan.
a drawing, a drawing that the Father would draw our family members to Jesus. Draw, draw them, draw them with your love, draw them. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would draw them with your goodness. Draw them to repentance. Draw them to acceptance. Draw them to to know you. We ask it in Jesus' name and say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's good to us. Let's let the Word govern us, putting it to work, establishing it in our hearts, in our mouth and in our heart, so it can be established in our lives. Stand with me to your feet if you would, please, as we...